Cool. Then let's keep moving. Let me check time. How are we doing here? Oh, wow. Okay. Dang. <laughs> Still have five more songs I want to talk about. So we're at 50, just over 50 minutes here. The last four songs, I think, are the most important songs in the entire thing. Do we want to just keep rushing through it and have a long episode? We can. Are you suggesting a part two? Is that what you're doing? I, I don't want to, <laughs> but I don't know if we're going to have to go there. Let's just let's just keep going and we'll see what happens. Okay, let's do it. Keep going? Yeah, let's keep going. Okay. Welcome back to the adventure. This is Gordon. As you guys may have picked up from last week's episode, or even the outtake I put in the beginning of this episode, or even just the episode title. This is the second part to a two-part episode. So if you haven't listened to last week's episode, stop this one, and I would go back and start there. Clint mentioned in his little intro last week, there is some adult themes in a topic that we covered this week, and so if you do have some kids around, this might be a good time to pause it and start it up again when you want to listen to it on your own. Otherwise, thank you guys for checking us out and listening, and we hope you enjoy this week's episode. So the next one is called The Good in Me. It's about a girl he likes tempting him into a relationship, but she is with someone else and he feels himself slipping into immorality and she is essentially hunting him down and leading him into sin. So let's touch on that real quick. We'll go ahead and start with verse one. You know that he trusts you and I know that he loves you, but somehow you convinced me again. My foundation rumbles and all my morals crumble. My father's warnings run through my head. Your heart's a vine that I've bled trying to climb. Yeah, you're making a ruin of me. Try to survive, keep my spirit alive. But like a knife in the woods, yeah, you hunt me down. Yeah, you hunt down the good in me. Like a knife in the woods, yeah, you hunt down the good in me. Um, uh, I think that's basically what I was just summarizing. So verse two, one temptation sparked this. Now I can feel the darkness. It's my own fault. But you had this planned. All of me. You take now. Like criminals and shakedowns, yet you make me forget who I am. Your heart's a vine that I've bled trying to climb, yet you're making a ruin of me. Try to survive. Keep my spirit alive. But like a knife in the woods, yet you hunt down the good in me. And then there's a bridge after that where she sings back to him and says, all of your good is mine. All of your good is mine. And it kind of just repeats that. So that's that's basically the end of, end of the song. But uh, what are your thoughts on this? Well, the irony is, I think, that when I was listening to those songs, I guess I was listening to this album in the background doing things. And so I, it, to me, it sounded like he was talking. I mean, I know he's not. I know what, what the song's about, but it sounded like he was talking about, like, God and that like in the midst of any state in our life, even the worst, when we're like in the woods, in the darkness, we're talking about that, like the, the theme of light and darkness and all those things, uh, God still can hunt and find the good in us. 
and then that kind of changes the 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 bridge in the end where mm-hmm. god says all your good is mine and it's not he's not saying it's like i'm taking it from you but like know that because you you are in me and i am in you like those are the same things we're kind of hearing from jesus in these gospels recently that uh that that good comes from me and that makes you part of me yeah so that's just how i took it when i heard it and then you were starting to break it open and i was like oh that is so funny because that's way not what this <laughs> is about yeah but i i do like that though and that's part of this this show right is to keep our our mind open to those interpretations too so but looking at the artwork for this one because i do think the art tells us a lot about these songs too it is um the adult john covering up the mouth of uh the younger john and looking behind a tree at this this woman so like he's silencing the child in him the part that's trying to tell him no essentially and longing for this temptress i guess in a way yeah so we kind of see that happening too is there anything else here you want to touch on uh i don't think so i think the kind of the biggest theme was what i was thinking going into it so the next song is called morning in america this is my favorite song on the album this is another one that like it's just it's not as popular as the other one, so it doesn't come up as much when I'm listening through his stuff. But dang, it's so good. This is, yeah, this is my favorite song. It's so good. He just so, like calls out what it's like to be an American today. Yeah, yeah, and like so, being raised. Yeah, everything. Yeah, it essentially it talks about a, a normal quote normal American family. Um, but as you go through, you see like the dad is always working late and probably cheating. The mom's addicted to drugs. There's uh, I think it's him who's a partier. Someone's uh, a teen pregnancy. Their friends are addicted to porn and can't keep relationships. His classmate o- OD'd and, and died. And so we're seeing like what is normal. He's pointing out as being so destructive. And right. he does it in just a brilliant way. So let's go ahead and uh, break that down. I think this one's you. Yeah, it's uh, 1600 on the SATs. Said they get in, said they get in me an SUV. Just a couple miles from the lights of the city, pour a little liquor in my Starbucks Venti. Just 11, just 11 when they said I had the ADD. And then the pre-chorus is, I've been trying to keep up with all of these great expectations, so I keep on faking. And I'm going to go in the chorus too. It mm-hmm. says, we're secretly out of control and nobody knows it. My mom's got a problem with Oxy and she's angry. My dad's because my dad's in office, my dad's office door is always closed, but I stopped knocking. Yeah, we're secretly out of control, and everyone knows. Oh, it's morning in America. Yeah, I mean, it's talking about he's he's really smart, and he was getting he's like just growing up, getting a car, and then he's he's drinking and like hiding it, and he has ADD, and then like you said, alludes to the problems in his family of his mom. With, with the drugs and the relationship problem between his mom and his, and his father. But I think the pre-chorus is the biggest one, is I've been, been trying to keep up with these great expectations, so I keep on faking. And I think this is something that we can struggle with, whether it's expectations um, from our family, like our parents, expectations for school. It could be expectations in our own faith life. But I think sometimes others for us, or even ourselves, put certain things on pedestals and then we try to achieve those things. And when we can't, we don't, we struggle to have like vulnerability in, in talking about that or just like that humility we spoke of earlier. 
and so we we pretend. Mm-hmm. And we've talked about lying in other podcasts, but when we pretend or we try to fake things, then you start have to you start have to pretending or adding to faking things in other parts of your life, and then it's just big this big snowball that kind of becomes out of control. And that's what you already said, where like all these things that seem normal now are becoming very destructive. Yeah, and I I think part of this, like the whole great expectations and, and faking, is I don't know if there's a name for it, but I, I call it the the Instagram effect. Basically, if we look at our culture now, and this is, isn't us like bashing our, our culture. I, I, there's just not a better word for it because obviously uh, we have an appreciation for our culture. We wouldn't be doing this show, but there's something mixed up, right? And this Instagram mentality or Instagram effect that I, that I call it is essentially we it's very rare that someone posts a bad picture of themselves on Instagram, right? It's all doctored up. Even when it says no filter, there's still a filter. They probably, uh, a lot of the times you have like people taking five minutes worth of uh, pictures until they get the one that they want or even longer. Right. And so we put even just the filter of two screens between you and that person. Right. Yeah. And so no matter what we're posting, it's not, the real us half the time, more than half the time, right? And so we get this idea that we only see people on their amazing vacations. We only see uh, beautiful homes that are not messy. We only see like these perfect families who are taking like their family photos and they all look perfect, right? And because of that, we have these great expectations for ourselves and this unrealistic reality that we can never live up to. And I think that's part of the reason why we as Americans have such a high like mental illness rate or like depression and anxiety and stuff like that because we can never live up to those expectations and so we fake it. Another thing, I I talk about this, this a lot too, but the development of suburbs in, in the United States I think had a huge influence on, on this as well because when you move into suburbs, you move away from communities where you're close to your family and you have this tight-knit group who is going to support you. It's like the whole, it takes a village to raise a family kind of thing. And instead you move into this area where you have to conform to everything around you from the way that your house has to look to the way that you dress. I mean, if you watch like any TV show, the fifties, it's, it's cookie cutter, right? you can literally put in the same family, the same car, the same house in every single yard. And it fits right. And there's, there's like parodies that make fun of that, right? Um, and because of that, we all conform to what this perception of what is good. And uh, again, if you watch any of those shows, I'm thinking of like the Wonder Years. Did you ever watch that? Is a TV show in the 90s? I don't think so, no. Dude, it's so good. It, it's this idea that we can't let people know about the mess inside of our house. We have to make our house look perfect. We have to look perfect. We have to make sure everything seems like nothing is wrong in our family because we don't want anyone to think something's wrong. But when we do that, we don't let anyone know that we need help, right? Kind of like we heard in the last song where he was reaching out and no one was answering. Well, or in the heat, like there's no sound. A lot of the times there's no sound because we're covering it up. We're putting that filter up. We are making it look like nothing's wrong when stuff actually is. So that's my rant. Yeah, and I was going to say, I don't think we, we can just move on because I think, I mean, there's a few really good themes that you already touched on with like 
the the pregnancy or not wanting it or the, the addiction to porn it's all the same theme i think the only other thing i would add looking at the rest of this chorus is the line because there's some things i don't want to know so on top of what you were just saying i think another reason sometimes it says because the, the repeated line is because we're secretly out of control and nobody knows it and it's like the reason is what you were just saying but i think another reason is because sometimes we avoid truth we avoid if if we ask for help then we're admitting to ourselves where we have a problem with something if we call someone else out and be a brother or sister to that person then we're having to have this really difficult conversation and admitting to them they have something they're like they shouldn't be doing something or, or you know that they're better than that and there are just some things we'd rather be na naive to you know what's ignorance is bliss and some things we just would rather not know. And because of that, everyone is just secretly out of control. Mm -hmm. So I don't know if there's anything else you see that you want to touch on, but I think that was really the, the biggest thing. Yeah, I, I guess the only other thing I would mention is like how you mentioned the nobody knows line. So it starts off in the beginning where it says nobody knows that we're out of control. And then uh, a little bit later it says we're secretly out of control, but nobody knows me and it changes just a little bit and then oh, at yeah. the, and then at the end it goes into yeah we're out of control and everyone knows it but nobody says it and so we see again what we were talking about before and kind of playing out as well yeah i definitely did not appreciate that song enough until until reading this okay so the next song is called i robot uh, and after a a, a breakup he doesn't know how to love or he doesn't know love and he feels like a robot. He's no longer a human. He just kind of like goes through emotions. And I think this can very easily be a connection of us to God, like a, a relationship with him kind of thing. Um, if we keep in mind the idea that God is love, when we have this absence of love, we feel almost unhuman, robotic. So keep that in mind as we go through these lyrics. Okay. So it says, I was a human, breathing and thinking, eating and drinking, philosophizing. I was a human before you killed me and ripped my heart out. I knew what love was. Now when they ask me, I just reply slow and sound like an iPhone. I do not know love. I'm a robot. And then we go into the chorus. Because I had a fire, passion, and desire. Now all I require are circuits and wires. Inside was an ocean of soul and emotion. Then you cut me open. Now all that I know is I'm a robot. Thoughtless and empty. Don't know who sent me. Don't know who made me. Electric robot. Everything's gray now. Numb to the pain now. I knew what love was. And then it goes into again talking about how he's a robot. And there's some more repetitive stuff at the end. But that's kind of the theme of the song. So other than obviously this is targeted towards the girl who like ripped his heart out and like broke up with him. But other than, than that, the idea of this absence of love, what are your thoughts? I think, you know, this can be taken in multiple directions. It can be taken in more. This is, you know, morning in America where because of the choices and vices you were making, or let's say, you know, or fashion with, with the chain, you know, maybe whatever material item you are slave to you can become a robot to the spiritual world and god and all these things 
or maybe it is kind of what John is talking about. Actually, something you've seen in Mad Men a bunch because it is an era of like the 60s and 70s. And so women are treated poorly is some of these moments where it's like a really, it's a scene you don't want to be seeing uh, where a woman's being taken advantage of. And you can just see like the life in her eyes like are gone. And, uh, and you know, that still happens today to men and women. And it's just like this idea of because of maybe something terrible that happened, you become a robot to love because you weren't, you weren't experienced the love of the father that's in heaven through the people on earth. And then lastly, I was thinking of uh, the iGen, where mm. because of phones and technology and this distancing and the struggles that we see in that of, of relationships and, and trying to build love that way, there is this loss of love. And like literally we are a robot because the one thing that we always have in our person is this robotic device. Mm-hmm. And because of that, there is this struggle of building a relationship with something we can't see and tangibly like hold or or lit or hear even. And so, just this idea of like lacking love, which just literally means lacking a relationship with God because of circumstance. Mm-hmm. So yeah, yeah, I think. What I really liked about what you just said was talking about how we are essentially the instruments of how we how God communicates love, because that also explains this first verse, right, where he says, you killed me, you ripped my heart out. I knew what love was, and essentially now it's gone. And it is kind of a reminder also of like how our actions with people, how how we interact with these people could cause a division between them and their relationship with God, their perception of love, their perception of of who we are, and not just in a romantic relationship like he's talking about here, but also just in the people we meet, right? If we are Christians, if we are Catholics, and we are interacting with people, and we are their perception of what a Christian is or, or who God is, and we are the only chance that they will have to experience God's love, if we don't handle that properly, then it's very possible they could turn away from God and, and have a lot of spite or hatred towards towards God and towards our faith. So I think that's interesting. Yeah. Okay, so we'll keep on moving then, unless you have any final thoughts here. No, I think that's it with that one. Great. Okay, so then this is my all-time favorite song of his called Guillotine. So... It talks about this girl who stays with him even in the darkness. She gives him life. She gives him warmth from her love. And again, this idea of like life and warmth coming from love uh, is drawn back to God who is love. So let's go ahead and take a look at this one. You want to go ahead and take this one away? Sure. It says, sleep on me, feel the rhythm in my chest, just breathe. I will stay so the lantern in your heart won't fade. And then it jumps right into the chorus. The secrets you tell me, I take to my grave, there's bones in my closet, but you hang stuff anyway. And if you have nightmares, we'll dance on the bed. I know that you love me, even when I lose my head. Guillotine, guillotine. Even when I lose my head, guillotine. Do you want yeah. me to just keep going? Uh, yeah, just keep going, and uh, we'll do a quick summary at the end for a second Great. time. Uh, verse 2 is, kiss my lips, feel the rhythm of your heart and hips. I will pray so the castle that we've built won't cave. 
And then it goes into the chorus again. The secret you tell me I take to the grave, the bones in my closet. But you hang stuff anyway. And if you have nightmares, we'll dance on the bed. I know that you love me. Even when I lose my head, guillotine. Um, and then you just want to do the bridge quick and we'll stop there. Yeah. Uh, the bridge is you fill me up. You fill me up. You set my soul ablaze. You fill me up. You fill me up. Your love is so amazing. You fill me up, you fill me up, you set my soul ablaze, you fill me up even when I lose my head. Guillotine. Yeah. Awesome. So just my initial thoughts on this one. Obviously, this is another one about a relationship like most of the songs in this uh, this album. But I, I think if we look at these lyrics from the perspective of his relationship with God, so he's singing it to God, it, it talks about even at his worst, this person is still there for th- for him. I know you love me. I know you love me. Even when I lose my head and then going down into that bridge, you fill me up. You fill me up. You set my soul ablaze. I mean, that is literally worship songs are written with those exact same lyrics. You fill me up. You fill me up. Your love is so amazing. That bridge could literally be the the chorus to a worship song. So... Uh, I don't know. Any any other thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, I think even not only that, that I think this is a song about, like, it's crazy that you love me no matter what. Like, it's almost he's speaking about someone's unconditional love. Like, yeah. I, have, I have scars, I have all these things, you love me anyways, and, you know, that could be applied to God's love for us. Um, or even going off of the last song, like, she is a representation of God's love to him. Something that he, you know, seemed like he didn't have back when he was committed, like thinking about suicide. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. That's all I had on that one. If you you guys listen to the song, it's super, super catchy. And man, he was just brilliant with with putting it together. But the, the last song here, song number 14, is actually called Hand of God. And I think this is what brings together the entire story of what we're talking about here um because i i know we haven't done an album in in quite some time but man has it been like a year since we've done an album uh, yeah, i think it was mumford and sons yeah. last one yeah it's been a, it's been a while so one of the things we like to pull out in these albums is that they're telling a story throughout and so even though it seems like a lot of these songs are disconnected we see a lot of the themes of what it means at least through his perspective for someone to be human um so we see things of uh love and sexual desire even though some of it is disordered we see uh wealth and worldly pleasures and these other desires not bringing lasting happiness we see morality some of it's questionable some of it's uh chaotic and we see depression anxiety suicide um but ultimately, in a few of the songs, and, and in this last one, we see a trust in God. Um, and essentially, this is him saying that he still makes mistakes, and he doesn't know what to, to expect in his life. But his life is in God's hands, more specifically in his hand, I guess. And he trusts in that. And this song references every other song in the album, calling attention to those struggles and the pain in each one of them and saying that God is the answer to that pain. And that's the only place where that hole that he referenced earlier on in the album will finally be filled and satisfied. So 
this is uh, kind of a longer one, but I think a lot of it is uh, repetitive because it goes back to some of the other songs. So yeah, let's go ahead and hit it. So verse number one. My head spins, I've been sipping. I've been sipping, I've been sipping lately. All my sins, I've been tripping, I've been tripping, my God. Brand new life, I've been looking, I've been looking, I've been looking lately. All these nights, they've been cooking, they've been cooking me raw. I am just a man, I am just a man who lusts, gives, tries. Sometimes I lose my way. Tears at a funeral, tears at a funeral I might break. Angry at all the things, angry at all the things I can't change. When you're lost in the universe, lost in the universe, don't lose faith. My mother says, your whole life's in the hand of God. So let's go ahead and stop there. Uh, anything you want to throw in there? Yeah, I mean, I think this is just such a real emotion, especially in the first verse of feeling ashamed. Feeling ashamed for whether it's like tears, he's talking about tears at a funeral later, so whether it's shamed of like someone's gone and it's how you've been dealing with it, or it's just you're shamed because it's like all my sins, I've been tripping, I've been tripping my God, and it's like, you, you've been dealing with the same sin over and over, and I've been looking for like a new life, trying to get out of it. Um, and then he talks about like, I'm just a man who, who lives, who lusts, gives, and tries, but I just feel like I keep losing my way. And I think this is just setting up this emotion of just like, what do I do? And then his answer is the words of his mother, which I think one is beautiful. Because you know of this just paternal love and and wisdom through our parents, but also like there's you know our own heavenly mother. So when we lose our way, even if we can't really get to Jesus, we can kind of turn to Mary as a start. But and her answer is, mm. your whole life is in the hands of God. Like going back, maybe you don't know. You don't know, and it's okay. But it's not like He's letting go of you. So that's really it so far. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, there is a second verse, but most of the rest is either repeating from before or repeating elements of the previous songs and tying in the rest of that stuff. Right. Um, it, I do want to reference the the art really quick, which is essentially him in all white robes uh, sleeping, reaching out for um, the word God, but being carried by a bunch of angels as if like, they are the hand of God, right? So again, in this this outro, which is essentially half the song, uh, we see just all the different elements of the songs before, all the brokenness, all the emotions, the love, the lust, the the depression, everything coming to fruition here. And like you said, this is where it says, my mother says, your whole life's in the hand of God. And just trusting that up. Yeah, and what I like about this song, because it's also one of my favorites is just the brilliance of John Bellion is shown in this song where it's like every song in the album is a different story, different stage in his life, different moment, like somewhere like he's in love and he's good somewhere like he's heartbroken. And like, there's all these times where John references a girl in a song and you wonder like, is that the same girl or is he just like constantly head over heels? With another girl? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. I know. Um, and then there's this song where it 
opens with what you just read, and then it continues on from first song, He is the Same, all the way through Guillotine, and just kind of compiles it. And it's like this idea of what God sees versus what we see, where we see every moment as it is, but God sees the whole piece. And that's what this song is. It's the whole piece, and it's saying, like, yeah, I know you struggled here. Yeah, I know you almost, like, chose to end it here yeah you were head over heels even though i knew like that wasn't going to last here all these things but this whole time you've been in my hand and this whole time i've been with you in each one of those moments and it's just this idea of like i think we talked about it before of just like our life being like a puzzle and we don't get to see the full picture but god does Mm. yeah dude that's that's so good because like i was saying it feels like all of these songs are so separate until you get to this one. And then you're yes. just like, oh my gosh. And I think that's the point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Dude, that's that's so good. And I think, unless you have anything else right now, I think that actually leads really nicely into a challenge. Okay. Because I think seeing our story is, again, something that's really big, something that we talk about a lot on this show. But seeing our story from the perspective of God and just looking at who we are, uh, the struggles that we've had and just trying to understand our story, our life from God's perspective. That's something that's really, really hard to do because like I said earlier on, we'll never understand God. We'll never understand his, his will or his way or his plan. And we do need to trust that, but there's also an element of, we need to understand who we are and what our story is. And so maybe that's one of the challenges today is to actually Write down your story. Maybe identify some of these points. Uh, I did an exercise one time with a spiritual director where he said, write down the top 10 highlights and top 10 low points of your life and just think about those things. So maybe that that's your challenge. If you don't know where to start writing down your story, do that. Top 10 high points, top 10 low points, and just think about where God was in those, those places. Any other challenges? Okay, I'll I'll do this. This is a fun one. Okay, yeah, I would say go on wherever you can get music. This one should be free. And check out John Bellion's album, The Definition, if you can. Like, once again, like Clint uh, had already said, it, it does have, like, adult themes. There are some songs that have explicit words, so be very weary of that. If you need to ask your parents... Please do that first. But I just listening to this album that Clint was like, I want to do this. I'm like, man, now I want to do the definition, but I'm going to spare you guys doing <laughs> the definition. So there's not two John Bellion episodes. So my other challenge is go, go and listen to that through and through and kind of, you know, whether you want to reach out to us and let us know or just do it on your own. But like, what are, what are the themes you notice in that that are either similar to this or different? And if you want to let us know what you find, that'd be great. We'll share them and give you a shout out on our podcast. But yeah, that would be mad. Just go listen to his other album, The Definition, um, because that one is also just as good with very similar themes that you can find that can draw us to Christ. Yeah, that would be great, especially with quarantine and everything we have had a few less people reaching out to us so it'd be awesome to hear from you guys and to hear your thoughts on that and it's funny you mentioned having two john bellion episodes because this episode is getting long enough i'll probably end up splitting it up into to two parts anyways so hopefully you guys enjoyed that but i i really enjoyed talking about this like i said he is one of my favorite artists and every time i go back and listen to his stuff i'm just blown away a little bit more every time so with that let's go ahead and 
jump into shout outs. I do have one. And so I want to give a shout out to Noah Garza. I know he used to listen, but Noah, and you might remember this too, the first year you came to our summer camp, Brave the Wilderness, and helped me with uh, running some of the games and events and stuff like that. Noah was one of the guys on our logistics team who helped us. And he was kind of the guy that got me really interested in John Bellion. Because like I said, I had known his work before, but I had not known who he was and really appreciated who he was as an artist until I talked to Noah. I know Noah used to listen to to our show. I don't know if he still does or not, but uh, Noah, shout out to you. Thanks for uh, kind of being the spark to this episode mm-hmm. several years later. So cool. That's all I have. So with that, thank you guys so much for joining us on this show. We really appreciate you being uh, a, a part of this and, and joining us on this adventure. So don't forget, if you haven't already, whatever device or platform you're listening to us on, make sure you like or subscribe and leave a review. All these things are are pretty easy and pretty fast, but it also helps us reach out to more people. And this is essentially our form of evangelization. So by doing this, you are helping us evangelize and reach more people. And so we can uh, share this message to more people throughout the world. So please, please, please take a few seconds to like, subscribe, leave a review. That stuff all helps. Yeah. You, oh, go. I was just going to say, if you listen through what I use for podcasts, which is Podcast Addict, they just updated their platform to where you can finally review on that app. So I gave us a review. Hey, awesome. Yeah, I felt so Two weird stars. when I... When I <laughs> yikes. <laughs> I felt so weird when I gave a, a review for the show. I was just like, this feels so weird. I'm reviewing myself. But anyways, we, we do appreciate all of the help that you guys can send us. So... With that, if you guys don't already, be sure to follow us on social media. Uh, we try to send stuff out there uh, every once in a while on top of our, our actual episodes that we share there as well. So you can find us on Facebook uh, at The Christ in Culture. You can find us on YouTube where you can find most of our newer episodes from this season uh, and some of the older ones as well. We're still working on getting everything up there. But that is the Christ and culture as well. We also have some uh, reflections that we post up there every once in a while, especially when we first got started in the show. We did a whole bunch of those as well. So you can go check those out if you're looking for more content. Also, if you are on Twitter and want to follow us there, you can find us at OnTheAdventure2. Like we've been saying for the last month or so, if you do want to support our show financially, please don't do that right now. We instead ask that you support your local churches, charities, and anyone who is out of a job. The most recent stat I heard is that by the time the next uh, survey is done, they're expecting about 20% of Americans to be out of work. So whatever you would give to us, please give to support those people and their families instead. And we would really appreciate that. So with that, guys, we are praying for you. We appreciate you. We hope you enjoy this two-part episode, and we look forward to hearing from you. Thank you for joining us on the adventure, and we will see you guys next week. Bye.